Hello, this is Jerry Durham, and I want to welcome you to the front desk series of the Healthcare Disruption Podcast. I've always said that people are the true disruption in healthcare, and the front desk people are a huge part of this. Thanks for listening. Hello, my name is Jerry Durham, and I want to welcome you to podcast episode 33 of the Healthcare Disruption Podcast. This is the front desk series number four. And again, started out the last episode by thanking everybody who has been participating and listening and sharing. And I just want to start there again. It's hard not to. You know, I've, I personally have deemed 2019 the year of the patient, kind of tongue in cheek, yet it's the year that everybody figured out that it really is about the patient. So I'm calling it year of the patient, even though it was always year of the patient even though it'll always be year of the patient. So again, I know a lot of you have been on board from the get-go. I've listened to all these. I know that a lot of you are striving and trying either in your own clinics or in other places of employment to really get this to be the focus in your physical therapy clinics. And as I push forward to make sure not only is it that way in physio clinics, but that it's that way in healthcare too. So again, Thank you for coming back. Thank you for giving me your time. Um, I say this before every episode, yet I'll say it again. This one will probably be pretty short, even though they never are. I'm going to kind of bring things to a close, at least as a stopping point here, because what I'm really excited about is Front Desk Series number five is going to be my first interview, and it's going to be an interview with uh, a patient quote unquote, physical therapy patient. It's a person who was a patient who's given me a lot of feedback and shared a lot of her experience with me regarding the other people in the clinic where she was treated and the experiences that she had with the front desk. So I'm really excited to bring her on in two weeks. So again, as promised, I'm going to wrap up a lot of stuff today and I will guarantee you as God is my witness, if you take just these four you will have the template for a successful business, a successful physical therapy practice, and a successful business. Remember, my experience in this comes from learning from other people in other industries. So I want everybody to remember, this isn't special to healthcare. It's just something I learned outside of healthcare, brought it back into my practice as a business necessity at the time, and made my practice more successful because of bringing this in. So again, you will have the template for a successful physiotherapy practice. You will also have the template for a successful business. So let's let's look back at the last three episodes a little bit, right? Really, what the last three were about is making sure that one, you understand that the first thing you need to do is map out and understand your patient's life cycle within your practice, right? And that is something you have less control over, yet you can map it out, okay? Then the second step is to make sure that you map out the patient experience that you wanna create within that patient life cycle. Now this, you have control over. So I mentioned the first one you don't have so much control over. The patient experience you do have control over. And this is really important because this is a huge leverage point for you. This says you get to help to form and create the story that your potential patients and patients will take away from their experience with you. So really, really important.
important points there. And then the third thing uh, we covered in the first three episodes was understanding that there are really four phases of that customer patient life cycle. And by breaking your life cycle down into four phases, you will have a far easier time grasping the multitude of touch points and interactions. And you will now have a place to insert your systems to deliver the experience you want your potential patient and patient to have during their life cycle with you. So those are the first, sorry, those are the four big things that I'm giving you and that you need to understand in that order need to occur for you to put together a successful physiotherapy practice. Okay. So I went into depth into those in one, two, three. I went deeper into those. I've repeated those. So I just want to mention that for review, okay? And as I like to say, you now have the template for your client experience success, okay? Because once your customer's happy, once your customer's getting the outcomes they desired, then your business will be happy. And what do I mean by business happy? I mean more money in the bank. We can say that here, okay? So that is the template for success. So what are we, we're like five minutes in and we're done. All right, let's go a little deeper for you, okay? Now, we're going to, last time we talked about the four phases, that's where we finished up and we started to dive into phase two. I talked about where the phases start and end, I talked about all different things. Today, I wanna to focus on phase two. And just a couple of reminders for these phases of your customer's life cycle. The start and the finish point of these phases have been set up as where relationships are transferred, right? Everything I preach, everything I talk about is building trust, building relationships, diminishing fear, doubt, and uncertainty. The more trust we have, the better the relationship is with this potential patient or patient or client or customer, the more successful we will be, right? So I built these phases around transfers of relationship, okay? And what I say is built around, meaning the start of the phase and the end of the phase, right, is these touch points where relationships are transferred. So let's think about this, right? So I mentioned how phase one is the attraction phase. That's when they first come into contact with your brand, whatever the hell that means. And you plug in all your marketing systems, all your follow-ups, all your nurture program, all your emails and everything into that so that while they are in that traction phase, right, they are getting nurtured, you are building trust. Now the end of that phase is when the relationship is now going to get transferred pretty much to a person. And that's where phase two starts, right? And I call that the initial contact or the golden moment all the way through until they arrive in your clinic, right? And so if you think about phase one, the responsibility is the marketing team. Now, as soon as that potential customer, client, patient calls your clinic, the relationship is transferred to the person who picks up the phone, who answers the email, who checks the web form, who picks up the facts, right? That's who now owns that relationship all the way through until this person arrives in your clinic. That is phase two. That's where we're really gonna dive into today. Okay? And here's some of the things I want you to remember. So phase two, is initial contact all the way through to customer arrival. Well, you and I know there are a boatload of interactions and touch points 
that your potential patient and then patient has with your company in this. So what we're going to do here is now with this straight line we draw out, talked about this in um, podcast 32, right? What we're going to do with this straight line we drew out that has a definite starting point and definite endpoint is we're going to start plugging our systems in to all these different interactions and touch points that happen between first contact to arrival in the clinic, right? And all these systems, right? All these systems in phase two are going to be built around building trust, decreasing fear, doubt, and uncertainty. It's that freaking symbol. And the reason I like the straight line idea and the reason I like the phase idea is now you put it on a piece of flip chart paper on the wall and it says phase two. You see the beginning initial contact, the end is customer arrival. You now grab all your sticky notes and maybe yellow are emails, blue are phone calls, red are videos, right? Whatever you wanna do in there and you start drawing out when, when, like two days later, five days later, two weeks later, when people are going to start getting these touch points. All right, because remember, the goal here is to create an experience. So what kind of experience do you want to create, right? The email has to create an experience, right? An emotion. The videos have to create an emotion, right? All these touch points, phone calls, have to create an emotion that you want to create. The whole time, looking at this phase, going, okay, what, what could possibly go wrong here? What could build up fear? What could build up doubt? What could build up uncertainty? And then what can I do along this journey to decrease that? Because your goal, your objective of this phase is to deliver a patient to the provider that is set up for success. Plain and simple, right? We always wait until this patient shows up and tells the provider to set them up for, no, to deliver success. So I say, why not set them up for success? Why not set the provider up for success during this phase, right? So let's take a step back a little bit because I've jumped ahead a little bit and I want you to think about this, okay? So again, you're thinking in this phase two, between initial contact to customer arrival, how am I going to transfer the relationship? How am I going to set the next phase up for success? You remember I told you about phase one is your marketing phase. Everybody in phase one needs to be thinking about how am I setting this person up for success once they call the clinic, once they call the clinic, once this relationship gets transferred to a person, an email, whatever, I need to make sure I'm setting that person up for success. And I'm going to tell you right now, this is where most marketing programs fail because they tell you they'll deliver a lead. Oh, no, no, no. This is my favorite thing. Phase one, right? You got phase one up there and your marketing people say, oh yeah, I'm going to deliver you a conversion. And I'm like, what's a conversion? Well, that's someone who's actually clicked on the email, right? someone who's called the clinic. I'm like, that's not a conversion. That's just, you gave me a lead. The conversion is left up to the next phase where that relationship was transferred. And if you look back and you step back and you say, look, all I want from my marketing program is to deliver me a lead dot, dot, dot. That is setting my team up for a success 
to convert them into a paying patient. Little different mindset about what marketing's about there, okay? Because when you look deep into most of the digital shit I see everywhere popping up into my Instagram feed and my Facebook feed every day, is they're promising a lot of things that they have zero opportunity to deliver on. I just want a team who says, look, I'm not gonna overstate my importance here. I'm gonna say my job is to deliver a schedule-ready referral. Write that one down. How are you, Mr. Marketer, going to deliver me a sketty, sorry, a sketty, a schedule-ready referral? They saw my Facebook ad, they saw my video, they saw my whatever, and now they're gonna call my clinic or my clinic's gonna reach out to them or they're gonna fill out a web form. How are you preparing them to be scheduled, right? How are you preparing them to be ready? And by the way, that's a lot of teamwork between you and the marketing people. So you should be heavily invested and involved in this process because the more time and energy you put in that, the more schedule ready they will become. So again, phase one is looking ahead to say, how do I transfer the relationship and set phase two up for success? Phase two, the front desk who usually owns this, is saying, how do I set the provider up for success? Think about that. Think about that for a second. 99.9% .9 of the clinics out there just want their front desk to answer a phone and put someone on the schedule. I say, is that your measurement of success from this step? And they go, yeah. And they're the ones who have a poor arrival rate, poor completed plan of care rate, increased no-show cancel rate. We got to think in the bigger picture, right? And if we haven't done what? Mapped out our patient's life cycle and understand the experience we want to create, then yes, we will say at this step, we just want to schedule people. Well, once you map out that life cycle and you understand the experience you want to create, then you will understand that that phone call is more about setting the provider up for success, right? And I'm not going to go too deep into that today because I want to talk about this phase two overall, but that's the mindset you got to be in, right? I'm going to transfer this relationship. What needs to continue on? What do I need to do during this week I have to better transfer the relationship, to better set phase three up for success, right? You know, what are the goals? And the goal is basically, you know, to prepare this patient for success in the next phase, right? But then I got to map out in this phase, what are the objectives to achieve this, right? So now we're getting into the systems building, right? Because the objectives I set can be set with phone calls, videos, emails, you know, other things I can do during this uh, mail, mailbox. Maybe they get a package from you with a couple things saying a welcome packet, whatever it is, right? If you understand the larger goal and then the objectives you want to meet along the way, then you will build these systems then become very simple to build out. I see too many people right now with a shitload of systems with no idea how to use them or what to use them for. And they put them in the wrong place. You know, this whole thing about texting, right? Everybody's how to text and HIPAA compliance around texting. And I got this texting software and I'm like, do you even ask your patients if they want to be texted? No. I'm like, then quit buying more systems and quit buying more steps until you take a step back and understand what are the goals and objectives of this interaction within this phase. Lots of information in 15 minutes there, okay? But that is how you need to look at these. And phase two, as we found out through business metrics, right? 
through looking at our business as an ecosystem. Spoke about this a lot in podcast number 33, okay? The business as an ecosystem mindset will also help you to understand why I must understand these phases and the goals of these phases and the systems I'm building in, right, to this phase because my business is an ecosystem. My practice is an ecosystem. And the conversation that's had during the marketing phase, what did they see on my website? The conversation they have with my front desk, the email they receive will all affect trust, fear, doubt, uncertainty, and outcomes later on in their life cycle with you, later on in their journey with you in your physical therapy or physiotherapy practice, okay? Right? So I'm constantly, if nothing else, I'll tell you what, write this down. If nothing else, when, when you get done listening to this today, just say, how can I build more trust on the first phone call? And if we're looking at phase two, first phone call to arrival, how can I build more trust during this phase? Right? And I see a lot of people making changes here, and I love it. A lot of people have now started to deliver videos of the provider this person's going to see. Right? Great way to build trust and decrease the fear, doubt, and uncertainty of, am I seeing the right person, right? Which cracks me up as a side note. I said this before in some of the other podcasts, but I do those secret callers and people hang up. I can already tell what, by the way, you can tell from the first interaction how good the quality of the follow-up is going to be. I hang up on clinics who schedule me for physical therapy for my low back pain without telling me the name of my provider, right? So the email you get is going to be very standard. You're not going to get a video and they're probably not going to do anything else, but maybe an appointment reminder 24 hours before your visit, if that at all. Right? So the first phone call is a huge tell on what comes next. So again, when you get done listening to this and you're thinking, how can I build more trust on the first phone call? You then have to say, how can I continue that trust building? How can I continue to decrease fear, doubt, and uncertainty during this phase with these systems that I'm going to insert into phase two, okay? This, uh, I, you know, I could go on for hours about this. And again, this is going to be a shorter one um, because I want this take-home to be of a couple things, business as an ecosystem, Right and understanding that everything you can leverage here will, will return two, three, four, five times the leverage it would further downstream. And we've all seen this, right? We wait for that patient to arrive. We wait until what would be phase three to start building trust. We wait until the patient actually greets the provider in the waiting area. And then we tell the provider that you have to you have to build trust, you have to decrease fear, doubt, and uncertainty, and you have to get them scheduled out for a plan of care that they're going to arrive for and not no show or cancel. Good luck, my friend. And then we yell at them, right? And again, when we understand this business as an ecosystem, it's like, what can we do further upstream to what? To build trust so that when this person arrives and the relationship is transferred to the provider, that the provider is set up for success. Right. And if you're looking at your business as an ecosystem, you understand that this person that you maybe thought was more of a task minded person is actually a huge role in your patient outcomes and your business success. 
And that's that front desk person. And we all have front desk people who care. Don't get me wrong. And we all have great people and we hire them for their, you know, their customer service skills. This is one of my favorite things, right? Well, they're great at customer service. I say, awesome. How are you measuring that success? And there's dead air. Well, they're nice to people. You know what? Nice doesn't pay the bills, right? I know people who are nice and can set a provider up for success that make a lot more money than just being nice. So nice is not it. Caring is not it, right? They got to be part of the bigger picture. They have to understand their role in the bigger picture. And when you show this potential new hire who's a front desk person, you show them your patient life cycle and you show them the phases of the life cycle and you show them that phase two and you show them that when they pick that phone up, they're setting the providers up for success. And when people get better and there's more money in the bank, it's because of where it started with them. You think we're going to hire a different person. We're going to hire a person with a different mindset. Right. And then when you show that to your providers, they also know that helps culture. So I call this creating your culture. When you show that to a provider, the provider knows you as the owner or clinic manager is behind setting them up for success. And we're not just dropping people in front of them all day long. And their success is not measured on the number of valuations. Their success is measured on completed plans of care. Right. Think about that for a second. That's where this business as the ecosystem, we're going to reverse engineer now works its way back and we look at, okay, we got, we got all these touch points and interactions. We break them out into phases, right? Now we start to really look at, okay, I have a billing problem. I have a no-show cancel problem. Let's move it upstream. What systems? And maybe what you decide to do is insert one more email, insert one more phone call, insert, you know, one more conversation with a patient who's walking out the door after the evaluation, right? Instead of setting up a six-month exploratory uh, committee to figure out why no-show cancel rate went up, right? So, business is an ecosystem. The phases of the customer lifecycle, this phase two, which is that front desk person, really looking at how this phase two can set and transfer a relationship up for success in phase three. Right. And when you really break it all down, right, everybody, and I saw something yesterday, someone's got a new Facebook group, someone's got a new something they want to sell. And the focus is on leveraging the provider more and waiting till the patient arrives, which what I would call phase three. And I am like, that's the old way of doing business. Acknowledging that we need to pay more attention to patients when they arrive is nothing new in healthcare. That's the only place our focus has ever been. Leverage the provider more, leverage the provider more, leverage the provider more. Add a new service that the provider can deliver. Hire more providers, right? You can make a change, bigger change in your practice by hiring better front desk people and the ROI you will get from that by delivering a patient to your provider that is set up for success. I will go to the grave with that and I'll go toe to toe with anybody. I can show you the business metrics, right? So what are the business metrics of success for uh, phase two, right? Conversion rate. That is new phone call, new patient phone call to new patient arrival, clicked arrived in your EMR, right? So you should be tracking all your new patient phone calls, whether they schedule or not, whether they arrive or not. 
that's a gold mine for you, right? NPS score, net promoter score, where people mention your front desk. That's another business metric of success for the front desk. Copay collection rate or payment collection rate is another business metric of success. And then I reward my front desk on completed plans of care and no-show cancel rate. That's business metrics that the front desk is also rewarded on. All right, so conversion rate, NPS score, payment collection rate, those are the big ones for the front desk, right? The other beauty about this, when you map out this life cycle and you look at these phases and you look at the goals of these phases, all of a sudden you're not looking for tasks for your front desk to do, right? This becomes less of a task issue and becomes more of a delivering issue, delivering value issue. And now you break your front desk up, okay? So a lot of information in a short amount of time. Yet we're really to a point here where you have everything you need and you can take a deep dive into these phases and now start to think about how do I build trust during these phases? How do I transfer the relationship into the next phase? What systems do I need to insert into these phases to transfer the relationship and keep the trust building going? How can I do this earlier, earlier, earlier? How can I work with my marketing team to understand that I need a schedule-ready referral, not more leads? No one should be rewarding their marketing team for more leads. Remember that conversion rate? That's where conversion rate comes in. They should be bringing you more leads. When your marketing team's doing a good job, the conversion rate should go up. When your front desk is doing a good job, the conversion rate should go up, right? Because now the marketing team is delivering people that are ready to have, right? They're ready to move on in the relationship. The front desk is now ready to take over that relationship. We got them the right person. And then the front desk does their job through phase two and they deliver someone who's ready to move on in the relationship. If you started thinking about everything from this mindset, you will be successful with your patients, with their outcomes, and in your bottom line, in your bank account. It will follow. You must focus on the patient first and the finances will follow. All right. That is about the same length as all the other ones. I appreciate it. Appreciate your time. I shared a lot of information in this, uh, in this episode. Again, really excited about uh, the next one in two weeks, where it'll be my first patient interview on this whole front desk experience. All right, so make sure you're back here in two weeks. I would love for you guys to start sharing some of the stuff you're implementing, either in the comments on uh, iTunes. I prefer SoundCloud or just come right back to my Facebook page, my business page, Jerry Durham PT, and go um, and share some share some successes you have had implementing some of this stuff. Again, if you go back and listen to these first four, you, you are set up. If you didn't listen to number three, I'd go back and just start there. Number three with the review, and then what I dropped down in there is, I think it's the best one before so far. I'm not gonna lie, before I do number five, number five will be the best with the interview. But uh, again, I wanna thank everybody for buying in. I wanna thank everybody for giving me your time, which is the most valuable asset you have. And I wanna thank you all for putting the patient first and realizing that that is the success in healthcare. All right, I'll see you all in two weeks and I'm looking forward to episode number five, which will be the first patient interview in the front desk series. Cheers all.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Healthcare Disruption Podcast. If you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes and write us a review. We'd love to uh, see your thoughts and opinions on this. And uh, if you really like what you heard, then why don't you subscribe so you make sure and get the uh, latest notifications every time we post a new episode. If you want to stay in touch with Jerry, make sure and head on over to jerrydurhampt.com and click on the stay in contact button. And I tend to hang out on Instagram at jerrydurhampt and Facebook at jerrydurhampt. Thank you for listening and we look forward to seeing you again. Bye-bye.